Welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, welcome to another episode on the What I Love About Men podcast. Today's guest, you are going to love. <laughs> I am obsessed with this interview. I actually listened to the entire thing again um, after we recorded it and just took notes. I was taking notes because it is that good and you're going to want to do the same. Before I jump into it though, I want to remind you to please head over to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and review. It'd really mean a lot to me, but also if you do it, if you were to rate and review, send a screenshot to at Steph Ganowski on Instagram, S-T-E-P-H-G-A-N-O-W-S-K. I will send you over the Ideal Woman Questionnaire. And this is a questionnaire that gets you super clear on the woman you want to attract. Because if you don't know what you want, you will never get it. Okay, and this questionnaire helps you do that very thoroughly. Let's jump into today's episode. Renee Slansky is an international dating and relationship coach who specializes in helping both men and women cultivate healthy and successful relationships. As a global dating advisor to some of the largest online sites in the world, like Plenty of Fish and eHarmony, and a sort-out dating columnist for HuffPost, The Good Men Project, and Bustle, Renee continues to spread love education through her teachings, online course, and YouTube channel, Reaching Millions. So as one of the most in-depth, knowledgeable, educational interviews I have ever done, here's Renee Slansky. Renee, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I'm excited too, especially because you work with, with mostly women. Do you work with all women? Mm. I do. I, I work mostly with women because I'm definitely passionate about women, uh, being a woman myself and knowing the issues that come with that and men and mm-hmm. dating. But I work with men as well. Um, I don't voice that as much, but I do actually work with guys. So I'm happy to be able to share my thoughts with the men as well. Oh, great. Awesome. Yeah. And I really love the fact that you work more with women, just that we can get, we can help the guys get more in the heads of women <laughs> by yes. having this conversation <laughs> with you. I was like, oh, this will be great. So first of all, I want to ask you, I want to ask you about your 12 years in the entertainment industry. What was that like? Mm. That was something that, you know what, I look back at my career and I didn't plan any of it and anything that I did plan never, Mm. ever actually went to plan. Um, I always wanted to be either a famous actress or a famous ice skater and never ice skated in my life. So I've got no idea where that came from. And (laughs) Um, being an actress wasn't really, I thought, okay, what's a back way into the industry? So I became a a makeup artist for film and special effects. And then whilst doing that, I realized I didn't want to do that. And I fell into modeling and from modeling that led to TV presenting. And basically I found myself in this industry, which I loved for, for 12 years. And it was great. It was, um, something that it's an industry that has a lot of, uh, unpredictability, um, because you're working for yourself and it's not like a normal nine to five job, but it definitely allows for a lot of creativity, which I loved. Wow. That's so cool. What? And you said mm. that like, that you saw that, that made you want to enter the coaching world. How did that happen? Well, okay. yeah, it's, it's, it just was very random as well. I basically got into what I did when I met another model on a job that I was doing, uh, because I had used to have several little businesses as well. And we ended up being in a relationship and it turned out to be an incredibly toxic relationship. And from there I started my blog and my blog was something that it was just literally out of passion, wanting to share my knowledge with women, wanting to help them navigate the dating landscape, what new relationships were like, what, uh, you know, it was like to date someone with a child, which I was currently dating someone with a child. And you know, it was still a very sort of taboo sort of subject, you know, online dating, dating apps, all this sort of thing, because this was, you know, several years ago when it wasn't as, as much as a hot topic as it is now. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was like, oh, don't tell anyone we met online sort of thing, yeah. you know. It was kind of like, you know, but nowadays people are so much, you know, they're so open about it. So I started my blog purely from just this this purpose um, and this passion in my heart to help other women understand. And from there that ended up me writing for some of the biggest dating websites in the world, at the Huffington Post, magazines, yeah. doing TV appearances, Um and th- from there, I actually got led into coaching because I had a lot of people requesting to privately coach them. So I ended up doing private coaching, but then also learning how to build online programs so that I could reach multiple people at the same time and then branching into my YouTube. So it was nothing again that I, I planned, <laughs> but it was something <laughs> that I guess when I look back, I realized that, you know, I did have a lot of, um, a heart for teaching people about love. And I was always, you know, always talking about that and always having people naturally drawn to me, even from a young age. Um, and I was always good at writing. So eventually those two things kind of met and, and here we are. Yeah. Cause that's Australia. Your blog is Australia's number one dating and relationship blog, right? The dating directory. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's so awesome. Um, yeah. It's pretty exciting, which actually like, whilst it's for women, I have a lot of men actually subscribe to it. And like my channel as well, I have a lot of men actually subscribe and reach out. And one of my very first clients, well, not one, the very first client I ever had was actually a male. So there you go. Yeah. You go. You can do both. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that I can do both because for me, it balances out the masculine feminine energy within myself. And Mm. I, I'm just going to be totally honest men are easier to work with than females and I yeah, probably should I say that on air. but <laughs> okay. oh, you, tell, you tell them what to do and they just do it you yeah. know they don't um, and find a hundred different ways they just do it and I love how logical men can be and I can just go because I'm a very black and white coach as well I'm very practical mm-hmm. and very logical based so I love that men respond to that um and I really enjoy coaching men whenever I get the chance to as well yeah. Oh, I love that you said that. Cause I often feel bad saying things like that out loud, but I'm like, but it's true. And it's okay. Yeah. Like as women, we yeah. have our own strengths and directness is not one of them. Like it's, it's yeah. very hard for us to be like totally direct and just go do it and come back, you know? And yeah. That's, yeah. But that's more of a masculine thing. Mm. And I personally yeah. think that women can learn a lot from men in dating. And one of the things that I um, recently have been really putting focus on is, date like a man. And I say that to my female Mm. clients because, you know, men just handle dating so different. They don't get too attached too soon. They get to know the person behind the commitment. They don't wallow in, oh, what if it wasn't this and that. They kind of just find more enjoyment and ease in dating than what I find women do. And I think that we can learn so much from guys when it comes to dating. Mm. I have a lot of men who have like extreme anxiety with dating. Where it's like dating right. sucks. I hate getting like I hate getting into oh, it. No. It's not fun. And I'm like, no, it's supposed to be fun. Like we have to make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if it's not fun, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this is just a mm. and I, I tell just as I tell my guys, like it's just a practice. you're just practicing. Like it's really just mm-hmm. a practice. You know, it's not yeah. dating is just go practice, see if she's the one, see if you're into it. If you're not, it's okay. Then stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's because, um, you know, dating has become, there's so much focus on dating nowadays, um, you know, in the TV, in the media, um, you know, that and dating apps that it's almost like the expectation that has been put on dating has just blown it out of proportion. Hence why people are overthinking it too much, overcomplicating it, um, you know, just, just taking it out of perspective. And that's why people are not getting anywhere because we've got access to all this stuff to do with dating, but we either haven't learned what the fundamentals are or learned who we are as a person and what, how to communicate our value. And instead we're basing it off what the media tells us or what we see that's available to us. And that's where, you know, the confusion and the battles come in. Yeah. That's so true. Do you think like movies and, you know, TV has a lot, entertainment has a lot to do with our misconceptions around dating? I think the, um, I think it does as always, like whether you are consciously aware of whether it goes into our subconscious, but Mm. I think the biggest thing is to be honest, I think the biggest sort of effect on dating has actually been the shift in roles where women are becoming more empowered, um, 
to a point where feminism has become something that has actually been not about equal rights, but actually disempowering men. And I find that a lot of men end up feeling that, okay, they either don't feel appreciated or needed, which is two major desires that men need to have fulfilled in order to, to feel that they're getting value from relationship and feel that they're man enough for that, you know, within that relationship. And they're losing their sense of identity of where they fit in because there's so much focus on how women should be the leaders or women should be the, the ones to take charge. And whilst I'm not against women being independent and being leaders, we need to understand that we both have very different fundamental needs as different sexes. And because there's confusion with that, whether it's, you know, gender fluidity or whether it's just role reversal or shifts in everything, that's where everything becomes really sort of gray. And so I think that's one of the reasons why dating has become harder because yes, we've got, you know, access to all these sort of dating apps, which is, you know, another battle, which is choice fatigue and fear of missing out and, you know, all this sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, from my experience, especially as I'm talking about men in their like thirties and forties, um, one of the biggest things is like, Renee, like, what's the point? (laughs) I'm not appreciated. I'm not wanted. I'm not needed. And then the women are like, why hasn't he approached me? Why hasn't he done this? Why hasn't he done that? And there's this self-entitlement that has crept in where men are like either just brushing their hands off and going, well, you know what? I'm going to date someone younger because she's less drama, mm-hmm. you know? And then women in this age group are going, why can't I find a man? So that to me is my perspective from dealing with around that age group and obviously the different sort of outside influences. Um, I think obviously we need to be flexible with whatever things are happening through society. You know, some men prefer to be stay at home dad. Um, some women are the, the breadwinners and that's okay. Like that's cool. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the core fundamental things that are needed to fulfill us as humans individually as either male or female don't change. And if those aren't being met because of outside impacts, then that's where we'll have this unrest and that's where we'll have, you know, internal conflict, external conflict, and we just won't get the peace and progress that we want. Yes. Wow. I love everything you just said. I feel exactly the same way. I'm totally agreeing with you, just nodding my head here. What Can you (laughs) dig into some of those um, needs and desires from the feminine and the masculine? Yeah, sure. So as, uh, you know, the, the sort of basic sort of things is, women yearn to know that they have, I think one of the main things for women is that just certainty of knowing where the relationship is heading. And so one of the things where there's this always point of conflict is women want to know that they're not wasting the time with a guy. Okay. It's Mm -hmm. it's probably something you hear from your single girlfriends or your friends all the time. It's just like, how do I know that he's the one? How do I know that I'm not, he's not just going to up and leave me or if I keep investing to him, he's not going to turn around and I'm not wasting my time. And so we crave this certainty, which unfortunately gets translated into pressure for commitment that we then place on men. And so if men are able to understand that women just crave certainty, um, in each different phase or at least as they're going along, doesn't mean that he has to marry her. It doesn't mean that he has to know what that future outcome is going to be. Then it helps her feel more secure as she's starting to get to know him. And it means that then she'll be able to feed something positive into a relationship because she won't be coming from a place of fear or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Now, women, on the other hand, need to understand that men need chase. Men need to know that we're able to fulfill a huge part of what they want, which is to be able to hunt, which is to have a positive challenge. Now, producing chase for a man isn't about playing games, um, which is just totally exhausting. It's about understanding that if you're not 100% available as a woman, and that's not because you're deciding, oh, I'm not going to pick up my phone or I'm going to take two hours to text him back, but rather you have your own purpose, you have your own goals, and you have your own sense of fulfillment outside mm-hmm. of him, that will automatically create the chase that he's looking for in order to feel fulfilled in that relationship. Because one of the core masculine needs is to feel that he is needed. It's that hero mentality, right, where mm. he wants to prove to a woman that she needs him. 
You know, he wants to be that man. He wants to know that he can step into that role and be the leader because she's this damsel in distress. So if women are able to offer him that opportunity through chase, through asking for help, through actually, um, you know, creating opportunities where he can step up and lead, he's going to really feel that he's wanted and needed in that relationship. Um, you know, and for women, obviously, with their feminine desires, knowing that she's got some sort of security and certainty, which security doesn't mean she wants to take all your money. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that she wants to like just do nothing. That's obviously a different category, but it's yeah. more, it's more certainty, not security financially, but certainty that she can trust you to lead her. So mm-hmm. they actually go together. It's just that we've, we've got resentment in there and bitterness and our past and fears that have muddled it all up and gotten mm-hmm. us to a point where we're, we're basically screwing it up ourselves when in reality we, we both, what we both want actually complements each other. Yeah. Like we're the perfect puzzle piece. We're meant to, yeah. you know, I think ego yeah. gets in the way as well. Right. Would you say that? Oh, definitely ego. And like I said, self entitlement, especially in this day and age, um, uh, just, you know, a lot of fear, a lot of baggage as well that people just aren't aware of. Um, you know, when I, for example, when I coach my girls, for them, I never just do surface issues. It's always about working through the deep core issues that they're not even aware of that they have in the first place. And same with my guys, when I coach my men, we don't get to where we are in our life, where we struggle in relationships out of nowhere. It has to Mm -hmm. come from somewhere. And that's basically coming from the patterns and the habits that you've built in your life or that you've decided that have gotten you to this point. And again, where are they coming from? Are they coming from past fears? Are they coming from past trauma that's buried deep inside? It's something that as an adult, we can't just keep blaming the other person. We can't just keep blaming the other sex saying there's no good women out there. There's no good men out there. All women are gold diggers, you know, all men are cheaters. That's just stupid. And it's not the truth as well. We have to understand that success in our love life is really up to us because we choose who to date and we choose what to do on those dates and we choose yeah. what sort of <laughs> no tone of relationship. Exactly. <laughs> so if you repeat, if you're, if you're a man and you're constantly finding that you're dating women who take advantage of you or if you're dating women who are gold diggers, then it's coming down to, well, you're choosing to date these people. Now, whether you're doing it on purpose or not is another thing because sometimes we, we do things, our brain gravitates toward, towards whatever it is that we're familiar with. So the moment that you're aware of where this mindset is coming from and what dating mindset that you're actually, you know, dating these women from, that's when the breakthrough comes through, you know, because you, you have the power then to change that, which is then going to change who you invest into and where that relationship goes. Yes, totally. And that's Mm. what I tell my guys, like everything is a pattern, right? And if you want to, if you want a different result and you want to attract a different type of woman, then you have to do something different with yourself. It's not about her. It's about you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like anything in life. If if you want to, uh, you know, have a healthier body, like it's just about choosing, okay, well, I, I need to make a decision that I'm going to eat healthier food. But if you want it to actually be a lasting result, um, you have to have a why behind it. And why do I need to eat healthier? Why do I need to actually stop smoking or drinking or eating 10 kilos of chocolate? It's just one thing to stop it. It's another thing to have an understanding of why you need to do it because that why is what's going to hold you accountable and it's what's going to motivate you and keep you disciplined to actually continuing that habit so that your brain all of a sudden has an emotional attachment to that decision, which is then what then goes, okay, I'm going to follow through with this. Am I going too deep? I feel like I'm going too deep. No, I totally go this deep on my podcast. So I love that you're touching on emotion and and feeling and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love it because I never, yeah, I never like explained it that way going into it. So that's great. And it is important to realize like they, you won't change. None of us really change or make drastic change unless it's tied to an extreme emotion that makes us feel extreme pain or extreme pleasure. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Hate is a more powerful motivator than it is love because you, um, for example, if you are someone who has experiencing bankruptcy, then I can guarantee you will will, like use that frustration, that pain to make sure you're never in that position again, as opposed to someone who wants to become a millionaire. 
you know, mm. actually going through something traumatic as opposed to ideally wanting something amazing, trauma and not and ever wanting to experience that trauma or that disappointment or that anger or whatever it is again is going to keep you far more motivated to then, you know, living something that is a lot more easy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's oh, why you can good. literally use your use your struggles to to turn them into stepping stones. Like they don't have to be doesn't have to be baggage. Like your baggage mm-hmm. doesn't have to be something that weighs you down. It can literally be something that you can use to accelerate your love life and to accelerate your progress if you know how to do it and if you're um willing to do it as well. Yeah. You have to want it. Mm. You, you seriously have to want it. Yeah. True. You have yeah, to choose sure. it. I think a lot of people just, they want something, but they don't choose to go after it. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, I wish, or yeah, that would be nice. It's like, okay, then go get it. <laughs> go take it. Yeah. Well, because your brain automatically wants to do whatever's easiest. That's yeah. why they say that um, the average humans only use, I think, 5% of their brain capacity, where elite athletes use 20%. So it's, yeah, it's really fascinating. It makes you wonder like what Einstein's brain used. He probably used like 40% of like, you know, even geniuses. Um, And that's something Mm -hmm. that like your brain is such an incredibly powerful thing. Like I think especially when it comes to anxiety, because I actually deal with a lot of my clients that have high anxiety as well. Um, the The crazy thing about anxiety and your brain is it doesn't actually know the difference between what you've experienced and what you're telling it to experience. Mm-hmm. So if you've experienced crappy relationships with crappy women and had women hurt you and had women reject you, then you will automatically look for that and your brain will start to seek that out because it knows that, again, your brain always looks for what it knows. Whereas mm-hmm. if you start to retrain your brain to um, think, I am worthy of a beautiful love. I am worthy of having a woman value me. I'm worthy of having a woman want to be physically intimate with me on a regular basis or whatever it is that your desires are. That's when the shift happens. And that's where your brain starts to seek out what you want. It's almost like we create our own self prophecies without even realizing it. And yeah. then we, we don't realize the power that we actually have, you know, because again, your brain doesn't know whether you have experienced it or not. So whatever you tell your brain, to actually look for is literally what it will start looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the lot of the time that we don't want to do the hard work is because it's actually really overwhelming. Change is overwhelming. And we assume that we have to be the finished product before we've even started. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like so many people expect this external reality before they internally, yeah. you know, start working on it and it has to be. Yeah. Around. It's like going to the gym when you already, you know, skinny and fit as opposed to understanding, well, you know, don't wait to go to the gym when you're actually at the ideal weight, like go now. And then the whole point is to, to get towards, mm-hmm. you know, the ideal weight. Um, so I think for men, if they're experiencing anxiety with dating, um, the best thing to do is to really not attach such a, a romantic expectation to that date, but instead just have like the expectation of I'm going to turn up, I'm going to have a conversation and that's it because that's something that mm-hmm. becomes achievable. It's something that becomes practical. And then you leave plenty of room for amazing things to come of that without, you know, feeling that you're walking away and you have this unmet expectation. Um, yeah. It's like when I say to my men, when they want to approach a woman, don't have the romantic expectation that she's going to accept you or not accept you. The only goal is to be able to have a conversation. Now, if she has said no or if she said has said yes, it is irrelevant to the fact that you've already achieved that goal because you had a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So I it, love that. It, it, yeah. So it's just like if you break it down in a way where you take the overwhelm out of it, which is simply by changing that goal for that moment and that expectation for that moment, that's where it becomes – less fear driven because you realize, Oh, actually this is achievable. And you know, it's not as bad as what I think it will be. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get tied. I always say, don't get tied to the outcome. Like don't attach your success, you know, to whatever happens. It's just like, go try something, like try something different. Like if you're not used to Mm. ever walking up to a woman, like she could be any type of woman, any age, just walk up and say hello, 
you know, or go help her with something, you know, it's just make taking those baby steps instead of thinking the first step to dating is approaching a stranger and asking her out and her saying yes. No, no, God. Yeah, totally. And, and the thing is like, I think a lot of people think that confidence is something like you do it once or twice and all of a sudden you're amazingly confident, you know, you're just like, it happens overnight when it's really like (laughs) practiced and, and having a sense of, um, knowledge around that situation as well that's when you know obviously the more knowledgeable about something the more we're going to do it confidently and then it just basically comes down to practice and feeling like you know what the outcome is going to be so if you've got the right um realistic expectation about that outcome then you'll probably have more confidence yeah that's true but yeah it does take practice Mm. it takes time to build and at first you may Mm. not feel it at all but that's okay that's how we start right yeah yeah absolutely for sure so working with working with mostly women, where do you think that what do you think are the most common complaints among women about men in the dating world? Yeah, so I think that okay, so funny enough, I have a women's group on Facebook and we do a live Q&A every Tuesday and they literally tell me all their complaints. <laughs> I'm like oh, I should put this in a book oh and my just God, go here make a podcast. With- <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So one of the complaints, I'll just give you guys a handful of complaints. So just recently, so that you know exactly what women are going through. And these, I'm talking about women usually in the age group of their thirties and forties, um, just to, just so that you guys are clear. So one of the complaints is men not initiating a conversation or if they do initiate, then all of a sudden they go cold and they're wondering what's happening. I find that a lot of women, um, especially when it comes to dating apps, when they're talking to a guy, they want to know that, okay, well, where is this going? Is he actually going to ask me on a date? Mm. So I think, you know, for me, especially, I think that dating apps are a great way to actually meet somebody, but I think the goal has to be, let's get offline and let's actually go and meet in person. And I think that women are, you know, they, they don't want to beat around the bush. They actually want to know, am, am I going to go on a date with this guy? And they really appreciate men being bold enough to be able to go and straightforward enough to go, mm-hmm. let's go on a date. How about drinks Friday night, 7 p.m.? They like yeah. that. Yeah. They, they, they like, they don't want to beat around the bush. They don't want to play games, especially around that age group. They're at a stage where they're just like, I just want to go on a date and I want to get to know this guy in person. Yeah. And I think that can totally work in a man's favor because it really, gives you the opportunity to step up and just ask her out, um, which is going to make her even more attracted to you. So already mm. you're like one brownie point. <laughs> yeah. And it means you've also got a date lined up, you know, and it was really simple. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't, you know, five weeks of texting each other and back and forth. It's like, yeah. just, just do it. That's what I find most guys do. Like, they're so, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to make a move too soon. Like, I'm like, why do you think she's talking to you? Like, she wants to see if this will turn into something. Like, she doesn't want to just hang out and be your friend and talk for a week. Like, she wants to meet you and be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, and you know what? Once you actually get to know a person in person as opposed to online, completely different. I remember when I was on dating apps, I would have great chemistry with a guy through texting but then when I met him in real life, I was like, oh, I'm not attracted to him. So the yeah. sooner that you like matters. work that out, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the sooner that you work out that out, it does you so much more favor. And it's like, we all know that people look different in real life as they do to their photos, especially if it's like yeah. Instagram sort of photos as well. So, you know, be bold. Women want to be approached. Women want mm. to be asked out. Women want to have it kind of black and white. Are you into me? Are you not into me? Just tell me. You know, yeah. they get really frustrated and, and tell her if you're not into her as well. Like if you've decided mm-hmm. that, no, you're going to go date another woman, don't just ghost her. Say, I had a great time talking to you, but the truth is I've actually decided to see someone else and leave it at that. She will actually mm-hmm. appreciate that. It's, yeah, you, you know, it's not mean. It's just being a mature adult and, you know, just like I'm sure you guys would appreciate if a woman said the same thing so you weren't left in this limbo. And it's just about going, okay, well, that's that's the reality of the situation. You can start chatting to someone and then they can meet someone else. That's what dating is, especially if you're doing it on dating apps. So I think that is definitely one of the key things. And I think another frustration is um, women want to feel that it's okay to be able to talk about their expectations early on. Now, 
This doesn't mean that you're going to spend the rest of your life with her. It doesn't mean that, you know, that relationship is then solidified. But mm. if women are able to have at least the permission, I guess, to be able to talk about what their expectations are, because again, they want some sort of certainty, then she will feel safe in your presence. She will feel like you understand her. She will feel that you're an active listener and she will probably back off with the pressure a lot more as well. Mm. So I know. What do you mean by that back off with the pressure? Meaning that she will have at least some sort of, um, she'll feel that she has the freedom to be able to talk about what her expectations are so that she won't feel that she has to nag or she won't have to put Mm. pressure on you. Why aren't you seeing her this and that? Because she already feels some sort of security about what she has with you, you know, and this is obviously Mm. when you're starting to see each other a bit more and, 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 you know, really starting to go somewhere, she will get to a point where she's like, okay, I'll be on the same page. Now, if she says to you, you know, like, are you the sort of man that is after a relationship? She's asking because she has a right to, just like you guys have a right to know what it is that you want to know. It's not because she's trying to put pressure on you. It's not because she's even saying that you have to be her husband. It's purely she wants to know that who she's investing into is someone that also wants the same thing. Just like I'm sure many of like the male listeners out there want to make sure that you're not investing into a woman who's going to take all your money or who's going to um, use you or who's going to lie to you or break your heart. You know, we all have our own fears and if we're able to give the other person permission to talk about their expectations, it doesn't, again, mean that that relationship is solidified or whatever or you have to make a decision. All it does is it just keeps things really transparent, you know, and again, it's just about handling it as a a mature, mature people, mature adults dating, like we're not teenagers anymore, right? Yeah, it's important to be upfront. Would you say that, would you say that women are, more likely to ask those types of questions because we're just naturally better communicators or is it because of our biological clock ticking by the I time think it's there? both. Yeah, I think it's both. And I think, I mean, look, I work with clients who are in their early 20s, like women who are in their 20s and they're asking me these questions. Um, and it's mm-hmm. not that obviously the, the pressure for them isn't biological clock, but it's more they want to know that they're, they're not setting themselves up for heartache. As I said, women really crave that certainty. They crave that security. They want to know that whoever they're investing into is a man that isn't going to leave them, is a man that isn't going to six months down the track all of a sudden decide, oh, no, I don't actually want this, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's it's more the sense of security, whether children come with that or not, um, is almost like an added bonus. Um, Obviously, women do want to have children, but I don't believe that they should enter into a relationship just to have children. And I don't believe the man Mm -hmm. should feel guilty for not giving that or pressured into giving her children. It's not a healthy sort of foundation for a child to be brought up into. But at the same time, she, one of her human feminine sort of desires is to have that security, to have, to know that as a gatherer, because we are, men are hunters, women are gatherers, that she's got a man to come home to, a man, a, a hiding place within him. Again, that she is, as she starts to be vulnerable with him, that he's someone that will will honor that femininity within her and that vulnerability. Hmm. Oh, I love that. You yeah. have such a beautiful way of speaking. <laughs> it comes oh, across so you. clear and, and, yeah, so interesting. Are there any other main complaints? Mm. Those are the two topics. <sighs> I think, yeah, look, I just think, as I said, transparency um, and just being bold, I think those are the main ones. Obviously, as women start to date a guy more and more, it always comes down to, is he going to commit to me? Definitely. Um, Mm. But I always, a part of that is me also trying to educate women. It's not just about who you're committing to. It's it's not, sorry, just about the commitment, but who you're actually committing to. And men commit at different phases, Um, you know, understanding you know, how men work and everything like that. I think another complaint from women when it comes to dating is, um, actually I literally had one girl message me. Um, and she's like, can you please ask this, answer this question in your life? Because I was just doing my head in most of the time, the complaints are more about, um, online dating and dating apps, because that's majority of the time, how we actually meet a man. Um, what did she say to me? Hmm. Okay. So, okay. 
The question is, how do I deal with guys online that only want to meet up near where they live and not are flexible in meeting halfway? So, yeah. So, like, literally, I'm reading (laughs) a message from a girl. Like, this is what I mean. Um, And my response to her, so that you guys know what I'm actually teaching these women, because I think sometimes – um, you know, I, with my YouTube, I, I coach obviously for a massive, um, American channel for men, which we have over almost, we have 700,000 male subscribers and I do coaching oh, wow. there and then I've got my own channel. Yeah. So I don't want you guys to think that I'm all about like turning women against you. My, I'm very much someone that is an advocate for a woman bringing value to a man and a man bringing value to a woman. I think that that mm-hmm. should be equal. I'm, I'm totally against man hating and I'm, and I, yeah, and you really can tell that. Like I can feel that in you and I'm sure the guys can too, just from listening to this. Yeah. And I, I get really frustrated as a coach or just from sometimes where I'm just like, Oh no, women should do this. And you know, F all men and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, like it's an equal yeah. partnership here. Yeah. There's two people in this relationship stop having this, like, I get so annoyed when it's like, you know, women have this sense of entitlement. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's not you know, he's not putting in effort because you're not putting in effort. Like, why should he, you know? So yeah. I just want you guys to know that this is, this is what I will tell my client tomorrow when she's asking this. I will actually say to her that if a man can't be bothered to meet up with a, her at least halfway, then he's not really invested in getting to know her. And I'm just letting you know, guys, that that is what I will tell her. And I will actually tell her to either put down the boundary and say, look, I'm happy to meet halfway. I think that's fair. Let's choose a location. And if he says no, then I'll say to her next. Because you guys want a woman to put in equal effort, which I totally understand. And this is where I'm talking. There's a sense of, you know, you've probably heard the term um, men go their own way. There's a sense of bitterness and resentment uh, that's going through, especially ever since after the Me Too movement and everything like that. And it's, it's not doing anyone favors. You know, women yeah. are not the enemy and men are not the enemy. And we need to understand that a relationship and dating someone is, is a partnership. You know, it's something that, you know, the man should be wanting to pursue and to be wanting to make an effort because, because that's what you guys, that's, that's how you win her over. You know, you can't mm. expect to just win her over and just sit back and do nothing because at the end of the day, you'll get what you want and then you won't be satisfied anyway because it hasn't fulfilled your masculine desires to hunt. Mm-hmm. So, and I will say to my girls, if he's not willing to make an effort and at least meet you halfway, then that man is basically setting the tone of what he expects in a relationship. And it sounds like he doesn't expect to do anything. Yeah. So I think don't be afraid to still be that man that does make the effort that does romance a girl, that does, you know, pursue her. Obviously, if you're able to start to really discern who you're putting that energy into, that's going to minimize the rejection and it's going to minimize the heartache. You want to make sure that you're putting energy in it, um, all that effort into a woman that actually receives it and reciprocates it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, as, and you know, as a, as a coach, you probably tell them there's obviously red flags and, and, you know, ways to work out if that's that woman or not. But let's not be lazy. Mm-hmm. And the let's not allow resentment to set in and block us from being able to be the man that an amazing woman would actually be able to bring value to your life. Can you go, you mentioned red flags, and this is something that I'm sure you can give such good advice on because you're so spot on with everything. Um, the guys are very curious about, uh, or my listeners are very curious about, like, how do I know when to when to spot a red flag or like what to do about it? Like, when do you pull away? You know, like how many red mm. flags do you need? Mm. Yeah, for sure. So red flags, are some are like totally glaringly obvious. For example, if she's a gold digger, it'll probably come across in her appearance, her lack of appreciation for whatever you do for her. And she'll openly start demanding things. Um, and I know that. I've, I've literally had male clients message me and say, I've been on a second date with this girl and she's already asking me why I haven't brought her gifts. To me, that's a red flag mm. that she believes that she's entitled to something that only comes with time when you're actually in the relationship phase and to actually openly ask for it when you barely know somebody is wrong. Okay. So that's, you know, mm. a glaringly obvious red flag. One of the not so obvious red flags um, might be, you know, when you're, dating her and she's maybe just got out of a relationship and she says that she's ready, but she's, she's, and she's going there and she's present, but 
there always seems to be this, this lack of commitment on her part. Um, and you feel like you're constantly chasing and her and pursuing her, but it's never really reciprocated, you know? So it becomes this exhausting sort of process where you think I'm going to try and win her over. I'm going to try and win her over, but she's incapable of giving you the sort of relationships you want because she's not emotionally available. What's an example of that? Do you have like an actual example? Yeah, yeah, totally. So for, um, for example, um, if you are pursuing a woman, and, you know, she keeps saying no, she keeps saying no. And finally she says yes, which is, you know, fantastic. Are we talking about sex? All... No, not necessarily sex. I mean, like she's agreed to, to go on a date with you. Okay? okay. So she's, because you can get sex from a woman, but it still doesn't mean that she's going to be emotionally available to you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, emotionally available, an emotionally available woman who's actually ready to invest back into you is someone who will take initiative to do things that make you feel valued as a man. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she will actually do things, whether it's, she knows you're busy. So she'll be like, um, I know that you're busy. So what I did is I organized to have dinner sent to your house because I know you can't cook or, um, don't worry about, uh, getting that movie. I'll buy it. I'll book it. I'll, I'll work it out. You know, she's someone that actively puts in effort and appreciates and openly affirms the effort that you're putting in because she's receptive to it and she's wanting to reciprocate it. That's Mm. when you know you have an emotionally available woman. And I think sometimes we don't see the unemotionally available ones because we confuse that with the chase. But eventually the chase has to come to a point where, yes, you can keep pursuing her and she's, you know, always able to offer you that challenge. But at least you know she's invested in just as much as you are. And if there's no effort on her part, if there's always this sense of she never can really commit to future plans or there always seems to be some sort of ambiguity or inconsistency, that's when it could turn into a red flag. And I say to my clients, the best way to know about someone's character and intentions is look at what they're consistent in because what you're consistent in is basically your default character coming out. And your default character is what you do subconsciously without even thinking about it and that that really tells people who you are as a person or, or at least what you want. Yeah. Ooh, mm. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> so, <good. laughs> so is that, that's like consistent in, if is she's that consistent cons- in like verbiage or like action, like what should they be paying most attention to? Just everything. Yes. So if you're dating a girl and you find that she's okay, for example, she's always checking out of the guys. Or she's always joking about um, putting you down, um, which, you know, some women do. Um, mm. Or she's always um, like changing her mind all the time and never really been able to commit and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Then basically that is a pattern that she's forming. And I always say look at the patterns, not the potential. Because Mm. when you're trying to see the potential in someone and you're dating them for potential, that's not guaranteed. But if you're able to actually realize who you're dating and that will be evident in what is being repeated again and again and again, that's going to really give you an indication of whether or not you're compatible and whether or not they want the same thing and they're on the same page. And that's where, like I said, when it's an obvious red flag, you're like, okay, I'm not going to go there. But when it's the sort of red flags that you don't really see in the beginning because you're too focused on the potential or you're too focused on how you feel about them, you've got to start looking at the patterns. And that's the patterns is what will give you an indication of whether it's someone that you can have something with or whether it's basically turned into a red flag relationship. Yeah. Mm. And that's what's tough is like we have the logic brain and the emotional brain. And in the beginning of that relationship, all you want to live, <laughs> live by is that emotional brain. And it's so hard to step back oh. and be like, okay, what are the patterns here? You know? Yeah, it's like totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they say that um, men go looking for sex and find love, and women go looking for love and find sex. Mm. You know, we we work yeah. in different ways, but like when you have all those chemicals go off in your brain, which is literally like a cocktail of chemicals when you feel something for someone, um, it's it's hard to make a logical decision because we want to yeah. believe that those that that feeling is confirmation of what we can have and should have with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and chemistry doesn't equal compatibility, unfortunately. It's it's not that yeah. simple. It's it's why people try to force things that are sometimes incapable of working. Um, it's why people stay in relationships or they have relationships purely based on, you know, lots of great sex, but then 
they don't have much else and they wonder why they're still unsatisfied, you know. Mm. So it's, you can't just base it on chemistry. Um, because when that fades, you want to know that you, you're heading in the same it direction, that you're growing at the same rate. Oh, totally. You'll have different levels of chemistry as you build a different relationship. You know, as you build a more long-term relationship, the love that you have goes through different phases. It becomes deeper. It becomes wider. The chemistry goes from that hot, heavy kind of like we've just met each other so we're having sex every day to we don't need to have sex every day because when we make love, it's it's intimate. It's There's a deeper intimate understanding even when we don't have sex you know so it's Mm. it's different phases and that's why you want to make sure that if you're falling in love with someone that it's someone that's actually going to be good for you and someone that's going to give you a chance to actually make that relationship work yeah oh so good all right (laughs) next next question because i really want your thoughts on this what are your thoughts on women being attracted to a man of mystery yeah, what did you mean by when you said this? What what do you classify as a man of mystery? Like a man who I kind of associate I kind of connect this to a man who has his own mission, like mm-hmm. a man who she doesn't know everything about. Cuz I think like okay. sometimes when you just know every single thing about the guy and the guy's always so available, it's like not mm. so attractive. Yeah, I get a lot of women <laughs> who end up chasing guys who never want them, never available, and the ones that actually do want them, they're they're not attracted to. And I guess that's where the guys get the whole stigma from nice guys finish last sort of thing. So they feel like they either have to be this complete alpha male or they have to be someone that has all this mystery about them when really it isn't who they authentically are. Um, That's something that – do you think that I'm has to, to do with authenticity or is there a way for like every man to just hold back a little bit in that sense? I think, or- I think the most, I think this is, this is like what I say with women as well. I actually tell my women never to be a hundred percent available to a guy and mm. I don't do it again to play games. I do it because it actually fulfills a man's desire to want to keep pursuing her. Yeah. Right. And it also means that she gets a chance to focus on her own purpose and her own goals and fulfillment outside of a man, which is normal and healthy. Mm-hmm. So, I think for men, instead of feeling that you have to be a certain guy that you think is the magic formula, if you're able to find what really fulfills you as an individual, and part of that is knowing what you're put on this earth to do, having a sense of identity, having a sense of belonging, having a sense of purpose, then what you're doing is you're actually creating a lifestyle that keeps you busy which encourages that mystery, which keeps in women interested. Mm. So instead of it being something that you have to fabricate or think about and go, oh, have I not been too mysterious this week? You're automatically mm-hmm. doing that because you've got your own goals. You've got your f- time with your mates. You've got your pr- projects that you're working on. You've got your things that you're constantly learning and growing and, and your potential that you're constantly expanding. If you're able to be a man who's able to do that, I guarantee that not only will you feel completely fulfilled as an individual, but you will attract a woman who will appreciate that and hopefully a woman who will also have a similar sort of mindset so that she herself knows how to be a whole and strong individual. And that's where you have a partnership that actually works because you've got mm-hmm. two people who are actively pursuing their own fulfillment outside of each other, which in turn creates that positive chase on both sides um, and means that that relationship has a chance to thrive and grow because you both feel fulfilled. Does that make sense? And you sense? actually get a chance. Oh, my God, totally. You explained it so well too. And you all, you also have a chance to miss each other. You know, if you don't, yes. if you never get to miss each other, it's like why will you yearn for each other? You know, there's no yearning yeah. or craving. Yeah. Absolutely. And look, you can be married to someone and still miss each other, you know, and that you can be living under the same roof and still miss each other. And that is because you know that they're going off and doing their thing and they're pursuing their goals and things. So they're not always available all the time. They're not just sitting at home waiting for you. You know, they have their own thing going on and they're always developing and growing as a person, hopefully in a positive direction. So you're always getting to know even more about them, you know, and and, and vice versa, if women are always working on their own purpose and goals and expanding who they are as an individual, then the man is always rediscovering who she is. So automatically you both have mystery about yourselves and it's it's feeding your relationship in a really healthy way as well as individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like you should never be sitting there waiting for her to get home. You should have something to do while you're waiting for her to get home. <laughs> like there should always be, you know, a focus in your life. That's not just her. Ah, oh, for sure. Like the moment you put a woman on a pedestal and the moment a, a woman puts a guy on yeah. a pedestal is the moment where expectations get blown out of proportion. And a lot of the time you end up losing your own identity in that relationship because you're either waiting for the validation or you're living your life around what they want and what you think is going to please them. Now, if you want to be a guy that wants to worship your girlfriend, I mean, that's amazing um, for her, especially like, you know, <laughs> I think women love that, but don't lose your own identity and purpose and individuality in that process. I mean, my, my own man is someone that loves to romance me and loves to do little things for me. And he absolutely adores me, but he's not a puppy dog. He hasn't turned into someone that like, you know, does his whole actions around what I want because I would be completely mm. unattracted to him if he did, yeah. you know? So you can, you yeah. can do both. It's just about understanding where that balance is. Yeah. And I think it just goes to show like how important it is to get to know yourself first and get to know mm. what your own focus in your life is first before bringing a partner into the equation. Yeah. And, and, and no, why you're dating? Are you dating for from the right mindset? Are you dating for the right reasons? Are you dating because you yearn to be loved by a woman because you were never loved by your mother and so you're seeking that validation? So what you do is you attach yourself and then you go too full on too soon and then freak out. Um, you know, a whole heap of reasons. The more that you're aware of why you're doing certain actions, the more you'll have a sense of direction of what you need to do in order to be able to get the results that you want. Mm -hmm. Yes. Renee, yeah. where can the guys find you and learn more about you? Watch your YouTube. Yeah. So usually just, um, my handle for social media is always just Renee Slansky, just my name. So I've got my YouTube channel. I've got my Facebook page and my Instagram account. And I have my blog. If you guys want to check out my blog, like I said, it's mainly for women, but yeah. I do have stuff on there for men. And that's just the dating directory.co. .co. Yeah. Totally stalking still, you on all platforms. And <laughs> no, that's right. I'm, I'm so annoyed because I never got to buy.com and I'm still waiting for that person to just forget to renew their domain name and I'll be like snapping up.com. <laughs> Every day you're checking. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to look into that. I'm sure a lot of the listeners will go check it out too. Okay, last question. Um, yeah. If you had... Coming from this background of working with so many women, especially, um, and working with men, if you can give men one piece of advice to give them the most confidence they could, they can have while before entering the dating world, what do you think that piece of advice would be coming from you? To give them the most confidence. Um, I would say, um, see rejection as a redirection. It's, it's not about whether you're accepted or not because who you are is enough. Understand that if it's not her or if you've approached a girl and it hasn't worked out, it's not confirmation that you're never going to find a girl. It's not confirmation that who you are isn't attractive enough or good enough. It's simply that wasn't the one for me and therefore next. Like keep it simple. Don't attach your worth to an outcome. You know, confidence is basically knowing and having a deep conviction that who you are is enough regardless of what other people do. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so yeah. much for being on the show, Renee. And thank you for all of your wisdom and for sharing all of this. It was so helpful to me and all the guys. Thank My you. pleasure.